One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey everyone, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums, which we did last week. We did. Yeah. I feel like our opening to this podcast is still valid. It is. Thank God. I mean, I did do a mask, a three-part face mask last night. Say more. (laughs) As mentioned last week, yes, the company Julep sent us some stuff. Yes. And one of the things they sent was a, a hydrating mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And last night, Dory, I took a bath. Mm-hmm. I shut my computer. I stopped doing work at 10 o'clock. And I was like, listen, I said to myself, you need to get your shit together and get in bed on time. Mm-hmm. None of this staying up till 1 a.m. bullshit. Oof. 1 a.m. Kate. I have been having a problem going to sleep on time. My husband is out of town when mm-hmm. he's not there it's very hard for me to wind down i get like kind of scared and mm. so i like to just stay up late mm-hmm. and um and it but it's like making me feel awful because i'm not getting enough yeah. sleep so last night i was like listen close your computer i put on gentle piano music nice. i drew a bath with salts Ugh. and then i did a mask and read a book 
That is an amazing evening. And I was asleep by 1145, which is late but early for me this week. That's great. Um, Very happy to hear that. And I did this three-part mask. It came with all the parts included. Um, There was like a serum, an ampoule. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if I'm saying that word correctly, that you put on first Mm -hmm. to like aid the hydration. Mm -hmm. Then there was the mask in which you have to rip two mesh sides off so that the gel mask, then you put the gel mask on. It was very, um, very intense operation. Yeah. Also, it was the kind of mask that had a lot of the serum left in the packet. So then I was like squirting that all over my face and neck and chest. Sometimes I put it on my hands. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Mm. I've actually recently put, used a mask, then I crump folded it, put it back into the packet and used it a second time. I was, mean, there was so much serum left. Like, it seems like, yeah, I don't want to waste all those juices. Listen, I hear you. Following the mask, Dory, was a kind of like a night cream that mm-hmm. went on over to just suck the hydration in. And my skin felt very good this morning. I approve. So that's what is up. Um, how was your week otherwise? Look, I've started cognitive behavioral therapy for my anxiety. And? It's very validating. That is amazing. Yes. I really like my ther- my new therapist. How many times have you gone so Only far? Only two times. Okay. Um, I really like her. For, for people who might not be familiar with CBT, can you just briefly describe what it is? So I'm not obviously, again, not an expert about serums, nor am I an expert about therapy, but it is um, a form of therapy that kind of helps incorporate, I think, like tools for combating anxiety. And for me, I also have compulsive thoughts and OCD. So um, it's also for that. Mm-hmm. So I, I have been in talk therapy on and off for the past 13 years mm-hmm. at various times in my life. And this, I can do talk therapy with this therapist, but she's also giving me like almost like homework assignments mm-hmm. not not and very small. She was like, let's not go crazy. But ways to start like working through my my anxious thoughts um, and to kind of not like – I don't think it's going to cancel out my anxiety, but help to start kind of like almost slow it down mm-hmm. and, and like work with myself on figuring out like what's really going on. Like what is my thought? Why am I feeling this way? What's an, like another way I can kind of think of this thing? So it's it's a tool I think for helping – um, my anxiety and my anxiety has been chronic my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of finally be working on it. And also I am seeing a psychiatrist and taking Prozac and that also has helped my anxiety. So those are some of the tools I'm implementing in addition to my life tools. I love that. And do you, I, I, I feel like I've, I've talked to people who have done CBT who had a kind of like finite amount of time that they were doing it. Like they knew they were going to do 10 sessions of it or is, is yours indefinite or mine is currently open-ended. Okay. Um, and I think, I mean, one that could also depend on your insurance coverage because oh, sometimes sure. an insurer, if you um, are lucky enough to have insurance, will give you like 20 mental health sessions or something like that. So that could be part of it. But right. I, I do think CBT it does like I, I think it the intention like there is kind of a goal which is right. like working on calming down this this beast in my head yeah yeah so that was very helpful and also it does one thing that I think I've mentioned about anxiety on this podcast that's very hard for me is that it it's irrational and to talk about it with somebody who doesn't experience it makes you feel a little like an oddball. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can be like, you know, I have a pain in my, my chest and like, 
I'm very seriously convinced that I'm dying. Right. And that doesn't sound, make sense to some people, but it's very validating to get to go to therapy and, and talk about it and have it make sense to somebody. Um, so that's been nice. That's and been how nice. did you find this therapist? Well, I found first my psychiatrist who is the first psychiatrist I've ever liked and worked with her for a few sessions. My psychiatrist is so delightful. She bought my book and asked me to autograph it. Mm. And she also, when I went and expressed that I have like an addiction to true crime that makes my anxiety worse, she went and read the, um, Michelle McNamara's Golden State Killer book. Wow. Because that was what I was talking about. I was Are like, you her only patient? <laughs> <laughs> She's just a really interesting woman. That's amazing. I mean, she loves to read. She would probably like this week's episode of the podcast. Yes. Um, but anyway, so I started working with her and and um, then she was like, let's talk about getting you a therapist now that we have this kind of being helped by the medication. Let's figure out the next step. The next step I think would be specifically for your needs, CBT. And, and so she had a person. And she helped me find okay. this person. And and this is kind of the first time I've ever had this kind of experience. Normally I'm like on my insurance website or Googling therapists. You know, it's I, I always find it really hard to find therapists. Yeah. And I've asked I've also asked other people for recommendations. And I will say like that can be a good way to find somebody, but also it might not be because everybody's needs are so specific and we're all so different. Totally. So um your friend's therapist may not be the right therapist for you is a lesson I have learned firsthand. I have had luck when people have some occasionally asked me for a therapist recommendation. Um my therapist has had recommendations. Totally. So that has been sometimes a good way. Like you can, you know, if you're looking for a therapist and you have a friend who you know is in therapy, but you don't want to go to their therapist, you can ask them to ask their therapist for a referral. So I think like therapists are like, I don't know, like bras, you know what I mean? Like what is comfortable and fits you? It might not be comfortable and fit me. Yeah. Like I like a razorback. And I like a heavy duty, just like strap me in nothing moves kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but this is a very weird analogy and might not actually be working <laughs> listeners. I'm trying here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not, you have to, you have to try on many therapists until you find somebody that fits. And sometimes you can think it's a fit and then like four sessions in, you're like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah, totally. And then you can just not go to them anymore. Yes. And that's fine. But I've struggled with feeling empowered because I often still get that. Like if somebody's a doctor, I'm, I'm lower status. Like I have a hard time sticking up for myself sometimes. So it's all a learning process story. Totally. How was Las Vegas where you were? I was in Las Vegas um, for the weekend. I was there because my husband, Matt, who was the host of the Star Trek Discovery after show, After Trek, um, was moderating. He moderated five panels at Oof. the Star Trek convention, which was in Las Vegas over the weekend. Was and it packed? With Trekkies? You know, it's interesting. I So I've been to Comic-Con once with Matt. Comic-Con is insane yeah. and so crowded. And I think I was kind of picturing Comic-Con. But as Matt pointed out to me, Comic-Con is like so many properties in one place. And yeah. like Star Trek is 
like there was a lot of people there, but it's just actually one property. Sure. So there were thousands of people there, but it didn't feel as like insane as um, Comic Con. I also didn't go until he his the the conference convention started I think on Wednesday and went to Sunday. His stuff started on Friday, but I didn't go until Sunday, so I was there on the last day. So I think some people might have already left. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. It was very cool to see so many fans of one thing. Um, you know, people get dressed up, they dress up as their characters, uh, it's characters that they like. And, um, what's kind of cool about the Star Trek conventions in particular is that there have been so many versions of Star Trek that you have actors who were on Star Trek like 30 years ago coming to these cons and it, it's just it, it it's like very cool it's a cool community it's a very cool community i am not like i i don't have feelings one way or the other about star trek i don't watch it i haven't watched it um but i have through matt i have an appreciation for um the show and the movies and you know all of it um and for the fans because the fans are so they're so earnest and dedicated and um, so many of them went up to Matt and told them how much they liked after Trek. And like, that was really nice too to see. Um, and it, you know, it's really cool for Matt because he's been a lifelong fan of Star Trek and went to a Star Trek convention when he was 10. Oh. And now he's like interacting with these actors. Yeah, that's cool. Um, which was very cool, but it did make me think about how fandom in general is just like a really, can be a really sweet and pure thing. Um, I mean, I think it can also get weird. It can get dark. And dark. But um, I think, you know, I have never been so into something that I would consider going to a convention for it. Um, I think I come from a more sort of, you know, I'm a, I, I, my background is in journalism. Like I think we're, we're inherently more skeptical, cynical, maybe more ironic people. And, um, I, I'm making a very broad generalization right now, Go with it. but, um, I think the idea of being so earnestly excited about something is something that is like a little bit not in our natures. I did first get a glimpse of this though when I worked for Rolling Stone because the people there really were genuinely fans of music. Yeah. Um and it that was that was cool to see because I had I had also worked for places like Gawker where, you know, y you were supposed to hate everything. So I, I recall Gawker. Yeah, so um so yeah, so I think it it it's it's really kind of nice for me to see how these conventions also seem like they are self-care for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um and just to see kind of the joy that they get out of them. And I know that you have been a fan of things. I actually think fandom as self-care would be an uh, interesting topic to fully explore mm -hmm. in a further episode. I am a I mean Fish is like my number one fandom. Yeah. I've been a Fish fan for most of my life now at this point and it's very important to my self-care the community the sensation of being a part of a subculture is really special and i think i also have mentioned and i have been pranked on this podcast by a fake <laughs> stephanie meyer um, it was it was a uh a, it was a sweet prank it was so. a prank with love it was a prank with love a good-hearted prank. I love the Twilight fandom. A lot of people don't get that. And for me, you know, Twilight, I think, was the first book I read after my mom died. And it took me almost two years to pick up a book. And I was so deeply 
depressed and mm. in such a in such an awful place. And and this is still, you know, I think a lot of people think you kind of move on from loss quickly, like, oh, after a year I'll be okay. No, two years after I was still I was still really in a bad place. And I started reading Twilight and the sensation, I just remember the sensation of like utter consumption. It felt so good. It was the first time I was able to fully escape into something away from my grief. And it was so powerful. And that community ended up being a big part of my life also because I was covering Twilight for work. I worked at VH1. So I went, ended up going to all the Twilight premieres. I became very invested. I also genuinely loved the books and the movies. And the Twilight fans were like really... I want to say they were like good to me, but they like, it was a really like loving community to be a part of. They were so passionate about the franchise and like, yes, fandom can be very challenging and caustic at times. <laughs> and, but like, it just, for me was a place like, it was such an, uh, an escape, like such a refuge. Yeah. And, and that included fan fiction, which I love more than anything. Fucking love fan fiction. <laughs> and that also was a real refuge. And so I don't know. I think, you know, and I also got kind of into the One Direction fandom a couple years ago. And and for me also, like, fandoms that are predominantly women are often scoffed at yeah. and not treated with the same respect that, like, the Star Wars fandom mm -hmm. gets. And I find that really problematic and total bullshit. Yeah. And I think it's really important to look at fandoms of made up of... Uh, women or girls because there's a lot of power in those communities and not only is there power like that they all are able to like support this thing and make it a huge bestseller but like one thing that was interesting in twilight and then i will shut up i feel like i could go on forever it's like there was a huge effort underway to raise money for nonprofit and charitable organizations organized by these fandoms yeah or they would raise money for members of their community who were in need i mean it was just really it's really powerful to see people come together in that way and i don't think these certain fandoms get the respect they are due oh boy um Sorry. That's too much. It's no, but I think I agree. I think we could. I think we could. Uh, I think we could do a longer se segment or episode just on on fandom and self care. So let's put that in our back pockets. I would love that. And hey, listeners, I would love to know what fandoms you're in. Yeah, because mine, you know, my they're not going to be the same as the ones I'm in. And that Dory might be in a fandom. We'll find. At least she loves Liz Fair a lot. What if I'm in a secret fandom? You haven't told us. Yeah. And I like write fan I mean, you're fiction. kind of in a cozy mystery fandom. Oh, I yeah. am. But I would love to know what, what our listeners are into and what they've gotten really into in the past and whatever. Yeah, Tell totally. Us. All right. <sighs> On that note, Dory, um, before we get to a break, should we talk about the LA Beauty Fire Sale? Yes. I wanted to mention this because it is a very cool thing that's happening on August 18th. Um, a bunch of beauty editors and bloggers and influencers are getting together on August 18th to sell um, beauty products and all the proceeds are going to organizations that help with immigration, legal defense costs and reuniting families like the Texas Civil Rights Project. So uh, theirs is going to happen on August 18th from 12 to 5 at the Riveter in West LA. They're asking for a $20 donation entry fee, but all the products are heavily discounted, like $1 makeup to $20 for high-end skincare. And you can get tickets on Eventbrite. Just search for LA Beauty Fire Sale. We'll also put the link in the show notes. Um, we are not participating in this. We are just spreading the word. So, um, yeah, yeah. We, we're out of town, so we can't attend. Yeah. But if we were here, we would do we it. We would definitely be there. Um, all right. Now we're going to take a short break. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Kate, I feel like we are, like, barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. So Kate. Yes. I really wanted to talk today about books as self-care. You did. And I immediately felt insecure because I'm doing such a bad job at reading things. But I'm but I think it's a really important topic, so I'm into talking about it. Yeah, and and you know, I think we can also unpack why you are feeling so guilty about Let's this. Dig into it. <laughs> so what what made you come to this as something that you felt strongly about discussing? Well, a couple of reasons. One, you know, I've been mentioning my um, my reading of books like series like Maisie Dobbs, and now I'm on to Poldark. And I was never like super into series mm. before, but I think that there's something really, I'm finding them really comforting. 
um, it's not just the subject matter. Like I was like, cozy mysteries, that must be it. But I think Poldark is not a cozy mystery. It's a historical family saga. Um, and I, but I think there's something about the number of books. It's like binging a TV show. Totally. Like you just get into that world for weeks. And I'm really, really enjoying that. Are you having the like looming dread knowing that it's going to come to an end? Yes. I hate that feeling. And at least with Maisie Dobbs, she's like the most recent book came out a couple months ago. But Poldark, the guy's been dead since 2003. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, I mean, he did write something like 50 books, not all Poldark. (laughs) So he has a, he has a oeuvre of work, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I will, I will reach the end of, uh, of Poldark at some point, but then I can watch the TV show. That's true. It's just, there's like a sorrow that comes when a book or a book series, especially comes to an end. And you're like, what now? I'll never find the thing that feels this good. Totally you do, but it's that, and it's a satisfying feeling, but it's also kind of a sad feeling. Yeah. And then, so I've been, I've been doing that. And then I've also been reading, um, I've been pretty good about reading a bunch of new releases, that I wanted to talk about. Um, one of which is a book that came out a couple weeks ago, um, by my friend Joe Piazza. She wrote a book called Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. That is, it's fiction. Um, and it's about a woman named Charlotte Walsh, Walsh, who is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed this book. Okay. It's, it's very entertaining. Um, very smart. Um, and, you know, as someone who wrote a book of fiction that is very close to real life events, mm-hmm. I appreciate a book like this that, um, you know, it really, it feels very of the moment. Yeah, certainly. Um, so if you're looking for a good summer or, or fall or winter <laughs> or spring read, um, no, but if you're, if you're looking for, for a good, um, book right now, I recommend that. I also recently read, um, Otessa Moshfeg's My Year of Rest and Relaxation, um, which is about a woman. It takes place in um, the year, takes place in 2000, 2001 in New York City. I was living in New York City in 2000 and 2001, um, or I was living there from 1999 to 2000. And then I, my boyfriend still lived in New York. So I was there a lot and there for the summer of 2000 and 2001. Um, so it, it's it's like kind of nostalgic and weird for me to read um, this book about the city then. Like a lot of it feels familiar, even though the, the protagonist of this book does not lead a life that I led. Um, it's about a woman who decides to sleep for a year. Oh, that sounds great. She's 25. Um, her parents are dead. Um, it's a... Is this a fiction? It's book? fiction. I loved this book. I would say it's not for everyone. Okay. Okay. Um, but if you've read other books by Otessa Moshfeg, like Eileen, which is an amazing book, um, I think you will enjoy this book. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna name a couple other books that I read recently Get that I, Dory's that book I, corner. that I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, so there's an author named Anthony Horowitz and he, has been um he's written a couple of Sherlock Holmes novels. Now, speaking of series, Sherlock Holmes was a series that I was obsessed with as a kid. Oh. As I think, you know, a lot of 
people probably were. I never yeah. read it. Oh, really? Sherlock? I read all the Sherlock Holmes books. I read all of Agatha Christie's books. Like I, I was very into mysteries like as a kid. So I come by it honestly. Um, but Anthony Horowitz, um, I think like with the blessing of Arthur Conan Doyle's estate, wrote a couple of Sherlock Holmes books. Um, because of course, Arthur Conan Doyle has been dead for a hundred years. Um, and I had read those and enjoyed them. And he has a new book out called The Word is Murder. Ooh. Um, that is not a Sherlock Holmes book, but is a mystery that it, it's a, it's a, he's very clever, this Anthony Horowitz. Lots of twists in his, in his books. Um, but that is a great one to pick up as well. And then in terms of nonfiction, I really liked Bad Blood by John Carreyou. Um, I think that's how you say it. He is a reporter for the Wall Street Journal who he was, he was like the chief reporter essentially on, um, Theranos, which was the company that claimed to be able to do blood tests just with a prick of a finger. This is a particular obsession of yours. Oh, I, well, because the founder of the company, Elizabeth Holmes, had been touted as like the, ne essentially like the next Steve Jobs. Not to be confused with one of my favorite writers who covers the Royals, <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> totally. Who is a great Instagram follower as well as a great uh, writer. But this other Elizabeth Holmes um, was essentially revealed to be a fraud by this reporter. And he wrote a book called Bad Blood that came out a few months ago. That is an account of uh, the rise and fall of Theranos. It is it is wonderfully written. It is suspenseful. It's also like you will want to throw the book or your Kindle in my case, um, across the room in frustration, just at the world. Like, <laughs> really? Yes. Because you're like, how Ugh. the F could this have happened? Like are, are old men just so automatically taken in by pretty young blonde women? I mean, do you really want me to answer that Dory? Like the whole thing is just so crazy. She had nothing like the thing didn't work and she just, tricked everyone for years it, it's completely That's fascinating insane um she's like a total scammer it looks like she might go to jail now like the book and the book ends um i think at the end of last year is when it goes up until and recently there have been a couple of um actions. I, I forget exactly, but it, it looks like it's possible she will go to jail, which she should, honestly. Um, and then the book that I'm about to start that I'm very excited about is called The Incendiaries. Oh, I want to read this. Yes. By R.O. Kwan. I went to her reading in LA last week um, and I was just blown away by, she's completely brilliant. She read an excerpt from her book. It is fascinating. It is about, um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about cults and North Korea and college students. It's been compared to The Secret History, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, she is just, she seems amazing. Her book has been getting rave reviews and I'm really excited to start it. Um, so yeah, so that is what I've been doing. And, you know, I think also given all of the sort of turmoil in my life with IVF and everything like reading has just, it, it is, 
it, it's a way for me to just completely escape and lose myself. I'm not on my phone. Like if I'm watching TV, I have to, I have to like put my phone in the other room to not also be on my phone while I'm watching TV. But with a book, I'm just in the book. Like it really, and it's been that way since I was a kid. And so I think there is something just very soothing to me about reading in general. I totally get that. I've always have been an addicted reader. Um, but it's gotten harder for me yeah. in the past few years. And I, I hate to be, I think it's like very uh, easy to be like, it's kids. But, you know, like my day doesn't kind of end until like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Because I'm doing dinner and dishes and making lunches. And then I have to put one kid to bed and then the other kid stays up late and we play a game and then I have to put her to bed and we're reading Harry Potter. And then it's nine o'clock and then there's still more shit to do. Um, and so I, I feel like I reading is one of the areas that I've really let lag and I feel really sad about that. Yeah. But I have been, re I still read. Yeah. It's just not like that same. And I also feel like my attention spans gotten shorter because I'm a phone addict. So, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to kind of sit and get into a, a book. Yeah. And then when I do, I'm like, oh, remember how good this feels? But I can tell you what I've been reading because I, I do Please. read. It's just not prolific. And I used to be kind of one of those devourer of books. Yeah. Um, and so there's a little bit of like sadness mm. for me. And then also the, the feeling of like there's so much I want to read. And I can barely knock off like a book a month, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, there's just like a little bit of frustration. Of, like I'm so behind in all these amazing books that are out there. And I'm trying to figure out how to carve out time in my life to read, which was an intention from last week's episode, which we'll talk about. I totally failed. No, you didn't. I saw on Instagram that you did not fail. Well, I didn't get up in the morning to read, but I have been making an effort to read more. Kate. Okay. I literally saw... Oh, God. On our Forever 35 podcast Instagram, oh boy. you awake in the morning reading. <laughs> One day I did do it. Okay. Oh gosh. And you know what happened, Dory? Yes, your kids can't. Like, it was like, Matt, it was one of those parenting moments where I was like, oh my God, everything is, is so good. Like, how is this happening? I went outside to read because it's a million degrees here at six in the morning in LA. So at 6.45, I went out to read with my cup of coffee. My kids saw me and without saying anything, went and got her own book and just came and read. Yeah. And then the other kid woke up and came out and she just curled up with her big sister and the big, my big older daughter read to my younger daughter. Yeah. Kate, I am it not, was like out of a movie. I am not going to abide this okay. negative right, right. self-talk. I got to work on that too. Thank okay. you. So here's what I have been reading. Okay. Okay. One, I wanted to shout out a series I'm obsessed with, which I've mentioned before. Sarah J. Moss's series, A Court of Thorns and Roses. This is like a sci-fi fantasy read that I never would normally be into and I am so into. So I would say to anybody who's like, eh, try a kind of thing that you're not into. I always like brushed off fantasy. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to read about people who are like fly fairies who like go into caves. Well, now I do. Okay. I love the Accord of, Ron of Thorns and Roses series so much. I'm waiting for the next book to come out very impatiently. How many How many are, are there? Oh, there's, I think, three and then kind of like a, a half, like a novella type book that's going to tie like the next few books together. Okay. I'm all caught up. They're addictive. Plus the sex is hot. Now you're And like the dude language. has wings and the wings come out during oh, sex. Maybe you're like, not speaking. Oh, language. Dory, you know what? You have to keep an open mind, Dory. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to keep an open mind. Keep okay. an open mind. Open mind. The wings open are mind. hot. Mind. Okay. He gets right. very titillated when his partner touches his wings. Oh, Dory, again, 
gotta read these books friends if you've read them tell dory i didn't mean to shout there um okay so i also am currently in book three out of four of elena ferrante's neapolitan novels big fan of which those. again it took me like forever to get to them they're so good i'm obsessed and now i'm kind of like savoring the end of book three because i want them to slow down yeah um i recently finished the power by naomi alderman which is a really fascinating book. It's about, it's kind of a sci-fi book about what would happen if teenage girls suddenly got the power to electrocute people with their bodies. And it is really interesting and a great read. Um, I also should mention I'm in two book clubs. So as somebody who has a hard time reading, this kind of really helps me like chug along. Mm -hmm. Um, I also just finished Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbui. Mm Mm-hmm. An Oprah book club pick. Yes, I will and add. I, I, it was great, but um, a hard read. It was interesting. It was both of those last two books, The Power and Behold the Dreamers. Like I want, like I wanted them to end on these optimistic notes, but they both are very like uh, not darker, but just um, more grounded, and yeah. you know, like makes you realize that the world is not. Nothing ever ends like tied in a bow. Um, but Behold the Dreamers uh, really t- it tells the story of West African immigrants mm-hmm. and the recession in 2008 and the finance- financial crash and kind of all those things um, together. And it's really interesting. Um, and then I am currently reading Like a Mother by Angela Garbus, Who is coming on the show. I mean, I'm so excited about this. I am... Also, Angela, I hope I said your last name correctly. Uh, I am loving this book. And it's kind of a feminist exploration of pregnancy, childbirth, motherhood. And there's memoir elements to it. And then also like a lot of just research. And it's so interesting and a really fast read. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. And And if you all want to read that before the episode where we interview her, you will be caught up yeah that's a great little book club yeah book club uh and then next up on my list i'm going to be reading crazy rich asians yes which you love love and then a book called white houses which is historical fiction about eleanor roosevelt and her partner right Mm -hmm. Um, but my favorite like cozy reads my favorite reads of all time are contemporary romances Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. should add so those are my books. I have a lot of other books on my like to be read list, books my friends that I want to read. Um, Laura June's new book that just came out. Uh, now I've, my heart is full. Yeah, I've been reading and it's wonderful. Yeah. And like just very beautifully written. Um, my former improv student, Georgia Clark, just released a book mm-hmm. called The Bucket List, which I'm really into. Mm-hmm. So well, we've got a lot. There's just so many good books to read. This is my this is the crisis I'm in is that I just want to read everything and I don't know how to make the time. I think you're doing a pretty good job. Okay. Oh, I feel bad about it. No, don't. Okay, I won't. Anyway, I would love to know what people are reading. Yeah, same. You can just zap us. You know what would be fun? What? You want to zap listeners? You want to zap us pictures on the gram of what you're reading right now? Zap us pics on the gram. I, <laughs> that's what all the kids are saying, right, Dory? <laughs> zap us pics on the gram? <laughs> 
teens, I'm on to you. I know how you talk. Zab us those pics on the gram. DM. Um, I loved when people DM'd us pics of their animals. It was really oh, that was so it fun. It was visually satisfying. Yes. And we could also include it in our newsletter. Yes. Just to, please send us pictures of what you're reading. Yeah. And I was really surprised when I zapped a pic on the gram of, of Angela's book, how many people had read it and loved it. So many people yes. responded. And a lot of people were like, get her on the pod. And we were like, I was like, on it. <laughs> it's happening. Um, and also, you know, I will say as we have both written books ourselves um, and we have a lot of authors on the podcast. Like I think we are, we like, we love books. We love reading. We love authors. We love writing. Um, so deal with it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Our guest today is Melissa Broder. Melissa, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I've um, I've scripted a little bio that I will read so our audience can get to know you. Melissa is the author of four poetry collections, including Last Sext and the essay collection So Sad Today, which is inspired by her very popular eponymous Twitter account that has over, as of today, 683,000 followers which is not that much. Her first novel... <laughs> that was harsh. That was sarcasm. <laughs> Her first novel, The Pisces, was just published in May. And Melissa writes the So Sad Today column for Vice, the Horoscopes for Lenny Letter, and the Beauty and Death column at L.com. And she has a podcast, a new podcast called Eating Alone in My Car, which is exactly what it sounds like. Which is when I listened to it, I was like, oh, yes, I'm so glad this is just what the title says it is. Yeah, there's no frou-frou. I don't have – I don't. I mean, I am the producer. I am the engineer. I. It's me and my uh, phone and a bunch of free apps. Um, and I believe um, – let's see. Yeah, I just recorded um, – I just did Doritos, but that will be in a couple oh. weeks. And your studio is your car. Oh, it's my car. Yeah. And, and the 7-Eleven parking lot, which, as I've said, you know, is, is a safe space for me. 7-Eleven is yeah. the best. My husband goes there once a day to get really anything. Maybe a smart water, maybe a monster energy drink, maybe a protein did, cookie. Did you go on maybe a, free, wrap. a free icy day? And no, you do free I, icy don't, day? I don't like 7-Eleven. I think it smells weird. Wow, Dory. That's, I'm just, I mean, okay. look, I have to, I have to live my truth. <laughs> And my truth is that I think 7-Eleven smells weird, blanket but I respect the chain. fact that Melissa loves it and that my husband loves it. And my kids love it. And your kids love it. I love going to 7-Eleven. Um, Melissa, hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. Of course. Um, I wanted to just kind of jump in because one thing that like made me chuckle when we started emailing was like, you might not have read my Twitter account. And I was like, oh no, I, your Twitter account's like therapy for me. Um, and I think obviously it resonates with so many people. And I wanted to read a couple So Sad Today tweets mm -hmm. because I think you really speak truth for a lot of people about depression, mental illness, anxiety, addiction. So here's some that I liked, this one. Sometimes I remember I exist and I'm just like, oh fuck. And here's another one that today I read and I was like, mm-hmm. Just felt a flicker of self-esteem and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so you write like every tweet on your account is hilarious. And it's also very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Relatable? Dark? Darkly relatable? Darkly relatable. Can you talk a little bit just about how 
are, are you when you do this are you doing a character is it all you like pure your own ex- feelings and experiences and then what is it felt like to be that vulnerable in such a huge space. Well, when I started the account, it was anonymous. I had my own personal Melissa Broder account, which I curated the, we can curse on here, shit mm-hmm. out of. Um, and so, um, but I was going through like a really dark cycle of panic attacks and, um, and they wouldn't abate and all the things I'd done in the past to alleviate them, like, um, therapy, increasing my meds, nothing was working. And I was working an office job in New York. I was a book publicist at the time. And I, um, as a perfectionist, I was like afraid to take time off. And so I would just sit there kind of like shaking in my office. Mm. And one day I just like t- made this account called So Sad Today and just started like tweeting into the void for relief. Um, I followed like two weird tweeters. And then it just started blowing up. So of course the account that I had curated and like wanted followers from my personal <laughs> account, like people were like, whatever, you know, like they can, but this other one where I just kind of like, I kind of like, I, I describe it as like, I put on this mask of anonymity and then I was able to take off all the other masks. Yeah. You know mm. what I'm saying? Did it help alleviate the panic attacks you were feeling, having? Well, it did because like, as it started gaining popularity, I mean, dopamine while, while the dopamine is the dopamine giveth, giveth and the dopamine taketh away. You know what I'm saying? Like, but in the moment, I mean, you definitely get an instantaneous rush and it's sort of, um, it's a way to sort of like, um, break break up the abyss, you mm-hmm. know, with like little hits of meaninglessness that feel meaningful. Mm-hmm. And in that way, um, it was helpful. And also it was really cool. You know, you asked if it's a persona and like I, the way I describe it is like, it's not a persona, but it's a, it's a part of myself that I feel like I haven't really, like, I can't really unearth in waking life. Like even right now, if I would have a panic attack, like my therapist is always like, well, you know, you can leave any situation. And I'm like, not really. Like if I just mm-hmm. got up and left right now, that would be kind of weird. Just- we would understand as to panic prone. Well, you're not as much Dory, a panic attack person. Are you? No, but I would, I would empathize. Yeah, I would, I would totally get it, but I know what you mean. You just stifle the certain truck, but you stifle the thing that's happening and you just try to barrel through. Exactly. It's like, I still don't give my, even after like these years and coming out as, you know, cause it was anonymous for three years. And then I like to do the book. I, um, I was like, I asked the publisher if I could do it anonymously and they said I couldn't. Yeah. And so, um, and so even after all that, like, I'm still like, what if I have a panic attack? They'll think I'm a freak. Mm. So I've gotten very good. You probably will never know if I'm having one. Have you come to a place where you can manage your anxiety and panic attacks? I mean, I don't know if you can ever really manage it, but you're able to like carry it with you and you know when it's happening or does it still, I'm, I'm as someone who deals with anxiety and anxiety attacks. I feel like it always like reveals itself in a new way. And I, when I think I have it figured out, I'm like, Oh fuck. Now you look like this. Do you, do you have like kind of tricks or coping mechanisms for dealing with it? Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, every day kind of requires a little bit different of a recipe. And I think the tools that I, that are like my strongest are the proper medication, um, therapy. Um, one thing that has really changed the game for me is I've had a meditation practice for years and been panicking through it, like all the way. But, um, it was a 10 minute meditation practice. Um, it's something I've done. I'm sober. That's another thing that has been, while one might think sobriety, it's like, 
I don't have anything to like treat this. It's actually been, I wouldn't have a shot with like any mental health issues if I wasn't sober. Mm. So I've been sober for 13 years and I've been meditating for almost that amount of time. But I, my meditation was usually just like 10 minutes, the Melissa Broder style, which was like (laughs) a sort of hybrid of like YouTube and all this stuff. Um, and then I heard you mention that you're doing a grat practice now. Yeah. So I've been on a gratitude list with some of my sober friends from New York for years and they would always talk about this kind of meditation and they were paying for it. And I was like, fuck their like expensive meditation. Like, do they think my shitty meditation method is crap? <laughs> and then in August I started doing, I was like, maybe I'll invest in my spiritual education. So I started doing that method and I don't, th- it's a, it's TM transcendental meditation. And I don't think it's any better or worse than any other modality, but it has me meditating for like 20 minutes in the morning and 20 at night. Um, like, I feel like I'm always meditating now. Like I'm like, I can't believe it's time to meditate again. And you're sticking to it though. I am. Well, because when you invest the money, then you're like better. Yeah. And yeah, how you paid for it. Mama got a, mama got a ascend here. How do you feel like it serves you? So, um, I, I feel, well, first of all, um, it's, int- I haven't been able to drink caffeine for years cause that was always a panic trigger. And when I first realized that it might be actually helping with my anxiety, I'm back, I'm, I'm back on the sauce and it is great to have caffeine back in my life because I don't have any drugs. Like I need all the drugs I can get, you know? So, um, but I think, um, I think I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how or why it's working, mm-hmm. but, um, I think it's the amount of time that I'm spending in meditation. I think that's like, it's a significant amount of time. Um, the mantra is there's a mantra and I, it's the other night I woke up really with like a panic attack for the first time in a while. And it was one of those ones where it feels like it's a very physical surge. Um, but it's also kind of trippy. Like you're like, where is the bottom? Where is home? It's like an Alice down the rabbit hole thing. And I was like, you don't have to, you don't have to go there. Like you don't have to follow that line of thinking. And I did my mantra and that was really interesting. But, um, so that's something that's, I found helpful. And, and to those listening, I wouldn't even say, you know, it has to be TM. I just think like a more extended meditation practice with a mantra and you can, you know, you can give yourself a mantra, you can find mantras online that has been helpful. But the illusion for me is that there's like one cure all, right? Like Mm. to me, like mental health is very cyclical. And just when I think like I've got it, it like resurfaces. And just when I think like it's never going, like it's never going to let up, it dissipates. And, um, so I think it's like that experience of learning to ride the waves over many years and not kind of seeing recovery as like a linear thing. And also I think another parallel is seeing it as like, if you have any kind of chronic illness, you can be doing everything right. Like you could be eating your food and you can be like getting enough sleep ish and like doing all your shit going to therapy. But like, sometimes you just get sick and like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Do you feel like living in LA has affected your mental health in any way? Um, I get that. I, it, it's funny cause I, I was in New York for 10 years and yeah. I, I get asked that, um, they're like, well, are you depressed now in LA? And the, and the answer is, um, yes. I think when I was 21, I moved to, from the East coast to San Francisco mm-hmm. and I was like, this is it. I'm going to become like chill. And like, <laughs> you know, like I kind of thought that if I could like don the costume and immerse in the world, then like 
I could become a different person. And I sort of realized pretty well, I was in an alcoholic blackout for like two years, which was like, great, you know, but, um, but I sort of, it kind of came to, I was like, Oh, we bring ourselves with us. Mm -hmm. So this time when I moved to LA, I wasn't under the illusion that like, you know, I was going to be like, like, you know, a walking kale and, Um, I would say that I have been dumbed down a little by LA, like maybe one or 2% and it's welcome. I'm like, dumb me down, dumb me way down. And you know, the weather is narcotic. So, but, um, but I have taken me with me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't ever leave yourself behind, right? You are your own baggage. Yes. Um, sorry. Saying that you are a walking kale might make me laugh for the rest (laughs) of my life. (laughs) That really... Really killed me. Can you talk a little bit about sobriety in terms of self care? I, I feel I, I feel like especially with women, um, our relationship sometimes um, alcohol can be like used as a guise for like taking care of yourself. Like every woman deserves a drink, like that kind of shit. Especially for me, I'm a mom, and there's like wine is called mommy juice, and there's that whole culture of like. Mm have this drink to relax. I'm, I'm just curious about your, how you came to sobriety, what your feelings are about it in terms of how it's changed you and changed your life. Mm. So, you know, for people who aren't alcoholics and addicts, I'm like via con Dios, you know what I'm saying? Like I love drugs and alcohol. I mean, clearly I do because I had to get sober. <laughs> um, they were like my best friends, but I'm like, I, and I actually enjoy now that I've been sober for a while, as long as I feel like spiritually fit, which just means like, you know, um, not looking to escape myself with like external shit, which is like often like, you know, like I'm always going to reach for shiny shit. Like who is going to reach for God? Like, it's just like, if there's like a hot person, like versus God, like I'm going to be like, "Mm, like attention from a hot person, you know, (laughs) but it's like, um, but for for those who aren't alcoholics and addicts, I'm like, I, I love being around people who are fucked up because it's actually very good for my social anxiety. Cause I'm like, they're not going to remember anything that I said today. So I'm very like pro, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have any like, um, sort of judgment yeah. about that. Um, however, um, I, um, would probably be either, uh, jailed, uh, institutionalized, which is probably the one or, um, dead had I not gotten sober. So, for myself, it's like, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, like stay alive or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, um, my sobriety is a really big part of my life. Like it provides a lot of meaning and structure. And, um, I don't talk like publicly or at the level of media, like about sort of like the crew I roll with that keeps me sober only just out of respect for like not wanting to be like, I never want to be like, you know, I mean, what if I relapse, you know, like I don't, I never want, I don't ever want to be like the talking, like any kind of talking piece and just out of respect for that. But, um, I always tell people if you're interested, you can always email me. So sad today, 29 at gmail.com. I actually put that in the so sad today book too, which, and now I get like a lot of emails. Yeah, I bet. But, um, but, um, but it's a very, my sober community and like the women that I, I mentor and my mentors and, um, some spiritual practices and just like that life, having that as a primary purpose in my life is so fucking great because it's like, I'm a very like desire. We all are. I mean, you know, I'm a very desirous person and there's so many ways I can cobble together to get high. You know, it's like Nicorette gum and like, 
Um, I mean, the path gets narrower. Like I, I don't have sex and I don't have like sex and sexting really anymore, sadly. Um, and like, I don't now, now my husband and I are monogamous again. So it's like, and also I just, um, I sort of burnt that path out for myself. Um, but you know, but like internet validation, mm. um, one could do it with the news cycle. That's a great soap opera to get high on and yeah. self-righteous anger. I mean, you know, uh, there have been many myriad things that I've thought that I could like buy myself into wholeness. You know, if I find my, I mean, for this, po- one of the reasons why I love this podcast, it's like signature fragrance. Like if I, <laughs> I'll just be a whole person if I can yeah. master my signature scent or like I got really into the crystals game and I was like, if I can just arrange them. Um, I mean, there's, there's myriad things, right? Achievement, right? Like there's yeah. never enough of anything. So it's like, a, it's a daily sort of learning process of like, oh yeah, the answer's within. Oh, like annoyingly. Like who the fuck wants the answer to be within, but it's like, you know, and, and I'll probably keep learning that for the rest of my life, you know, but, um, but it's so nice to have sort of like a touchstone, like, wait, I'm sober. The miracle already happened. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of the shit's just gravy, which I forget every single day, but then I get like reminded and that's like such a gift, you know, that's really profound. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) And you're right. I I don't do do it alone. (laughs) Well, but I do think like, we are i did i did just go to the crystal store last week and hunt down some new crystals and i was like this will solve it what'd you get i got a bunch of kind of like gratitude self-love outward love stuff little rose quartz little other things the names i can't pronounce so i have kept the cards i got a candle but you're you're right there's no amount of external shit that's gonna fix it it can feel very good certainly i enjoy my lotions. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's really true. And I guess it's just like the way we approach it. Right. Because like, I mean, I love Sephora. Like Sephora is a great part of the day. Like you go in there and you play. Um, but if, so that's like fabulous. But if I go into Sephora, like I will find the products that are going to render me whole person. Mm -hmm. Um, like then I'm going to come out and it's like going to probably like be disappointing within like three days or like, <laughs> or like, you know, an hour. Right. So oh. it's, and I do approach it. And that's the thing. Like, I don't really approach things very like lightly. Like I usually am approaching things with like, I have whole, I have, I have a hole inside myself mm-hmm. and like, let's see what we can fill it with, you know? And so, but it is what it is. I mean, right. It is. We need joy and beauty and super fit. We need like, it is a blessing to be able to like not be thinking about death, you know, and be thinking yeah. about superficial stuff. So what are some of the superficial things that you acquire? Yeah, because I like your lip color. Thanks. It's um, Bobby Brown Gloss Nude 8. It's very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> if you need to fill the hole yeah. <laughs> with that lip gloss, I highly recommend it. It looks very good on Melissa right now. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, but what are some – What are what are your things? Well, um, I'll, I'll give you like, okay. So most recently, so before the Pisces came out, so every time, like when something like big is about to happen in one's life, there's like some stress, some angst, you know? And so, um, but instead of like looking at it and just being like, oh, maybe I'm a little anxious because I feel as though like I'm not enough, you know, perhaps I'm nervous about the outcome of this or, um, I maybe feel like a fraud if there's like some good things happening or, 
um, I got high on this media attention and now I feel like there is nothing left and, you know, this will be the last thing I ever create, right? Like instead of kind of looking at any of that, I'm like, I need to find the perfect pair, like pair of mules or like I am not <laughs> okay. So, um, I got really, I bought and returned the same pair of mules, uh, in white and black five times. Oh my God. What, what were they? They're these Stuart Weitzman mules. It was okay. sort of like my publication gift to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought them in white. I returned them in white. I bought them in black. I returned them in ba- black. Then I bought a less expensive pair of Diane von Furstenberg white ones, returned them. Then I purchased the Stuart White Weitzman ones in white. They're actually in my car right now. <laughs> Um, so that was like that, you know, um, following. Okay. So that was like one thing. Um, most, most recently it has been a chain belt. I have bought and returned, um, four chain belts from Japan. Um, which gets pretty pricey when you're returning shit to Japan on eBay. Um, I love like going online and like searching it out. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like there's that feeling of sort of a contained potential. It's like an infinite potentiality, but like within a, a closed mm-hmm. system. Um, what is the, what do you think the returning is about for you? I mean, I love shopping bulimia because you get to shop twice. That's true. There's like the hit of the shopping and then there is the hit of the, um, getting money back. Right. And then there is the hit of you get to shop again, you know? So it's like, I love that. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that kind of adrenaline? high from, from those experiences. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I, at this point I've, I'm cobbling together a very shitty party. Like I've got, <laughs> I've got Coke zero. Thank God back in my life. Now that the caffeine's back on, I've got the Nicorette, which is going to the grave with me because I mean, we must have something. Um, you know what? I mean, I have like, obviously like rich and, and loving things like my, my dog. And, you know, it would be wonderful if like my dog and like my, um, but even it's funny because even things that are healthy, like I love, I I find the concept of self care, like so interesting. And especially kind of in relation to like what I might call like the self care industrial complex Mm -hmm. where it's like now, like not only do I not love myself, but I have to feel like guilty about not loving Mm -hmm. my, it's like, you better love yourself. And Um, here are, here's a, um, a million products that you can buy to, to make aid in the loving of yourself. Totally. Right? Like it's a, there's money to be made right. by somebody mm-hmm. like capitalist healing. Right. Like we were saying, like if you just buy this crystal or if you just buy this lip gloss, that'll solve it. Totally. And it's like, it's interesting because there can even be things that I think in the name of self care, like I remember a couple of years ago, I was looking for a new therapist and, um, I did this piece in my vice column where I went to eight therapists and I was like shopping, right? Like I was like, I'm not going to commit to any. And there was one who I went to and it was a very hot summer Los Angeles day. It was probably like the weather is today, like in the high nineties. And I, um, I was running before I went to see her. Um, and there was no need to be running that day. I had already run that week, but I was running out of my own insanity and my own body dysmorphia. And like knowing that if I didn't run, my mind would be like, you were supposed to run today Mm. and you didn't. And I got to the therapist door and she's like, were you just working out? Like what wonderful self care. And I'm like, Oh wow. I'm like for a normal person, wonderful self care for me. Like self-torture driven by compulsion, you know, or like I'll be in a spin class and the teacher's like, 
you know, thank yourselves, like, remember what you came here for. And I'm like, well, because I have low self-esteem and can't give myself a break and, um, you know, have body dysmorphia. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that is why. So I feel like it's interesting. Like once we sort of know ourselves a little, it's like, you know, and so self-care can be totally self-care. It just depends. Like, it's just like alcohol and drugs can be like amazing. It just depends who they're in the hands of mm-hmm. and like what our intent is, I guess. Yeah, man, that spin class shit just resonated hard with me. <laughs> You're right. Like, where, where do you spin? I mean, look, I fucking hate that I love Soul Cycle, but I love Soul Cycle. I, I hate that it costs as much as it does and that I still willingly fork over the money to go do it, but I love it. I don't go every week, but when I, but I enjoy the fuck out of it when I go. And I buy into that, like, like you're right. Like you showed up here. Like you deserve it. Ah, like all the screaming and I'm like pedaling like crazy. Like, yes, but really why I'm there is similar to what you just described of like the shame spiral I might be in about my body or my appearance or exercise or, or whatever. It's not always like I'm here for the healthiest reason, you know? Right. I mean, that's a very interesting point. I hadn't thought about it that way. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. I should also say regarding anxiety sufferer listeners. Um, one form of therapy that was like probably the most helpful, like eat like light years more helpful than the most was, um, like a, a form of was cognitive behavioral therapy and a form of it called, um, ACT. It was acceptance commitment therapy, but, um, it's, it's CBT. I mean, it's just CBT with like a little like mindfulness thrown in. And, um, but unfortunately, and I found this therapist during a really uh, dark time a couple of years ago. Like I was in another, probably the worst cycle I had been in since I started the So Sad account. What happened was um, I felt like I'd been on Effexor for like many years and I felt that it was no longer effective. <laughs> and um, so my psychiatrist and I decided to transition me off of that and onto Prozac. So I I was expecting it to be like really int- – like. Each time I went down a level on Effexor, I just imagine myself like warping or something on Nintendo. But each time I went like down a level on Effexor, I was expecting to have like weird symptoms. I didn't. Nothing. So then um, the last like kind of dose from like little bit of Effexor to off – and I was on the Prozac at this point. Um, I was – uh, on vacation in the desert, um, I was in um, Joshua Tree in Palm Springs and I was in a restaurant in Palm Springs and there was a painting of Marilyn Monroe on the wall and she was laughing. And all of a sudden I felt that I could see all of Marilyn's pain and suffering. And I looked around at the tourists and humanity looked uh, terrifying to me. And I had rapid heartbeat. Basically, I like had a massive panic attack. Be- and But the thing was, it was like one of the worst I've had, but I couldn't I didn't know that it was the effects or mm. like the withdrawal because I hadn't had any withdrawal up to that point. So wow. I was like, well, this is it. I always think it like, this is it, you know, this is it. So, um, uh, that wasn't it. I, I did not die. I did not, um, completely lose it, but, um, I, I did go now I'm currently, so I'm currently on low dose effects or low dose Prozac for the past mm. couple of years. Um, sort of like, which is weird because they're very similar drugs, hmm. but it's just sort of like, I was like, help my psychiatrist was like, I right, go back on the effects or, you know, yeah. she's like, get back on it. <laughs> but, um, so, but for a couple of, of weeks, it was really hairy. And, um, so that was when I, f- I found the cognitive behavioral therapist and she was, she was amazing. Um, the thing was my, she did not take my insurance mm-hmm. and it became sort of like, um, the price of a, uh, luxury car lease per month. Sure. Totally. So once I was sort of in working order, I ish, I, um, I was like, let's find somebody in network. And that was when I did the eight therapists and I, I found someone great, actually, someone really, um, good. Um, the past year I've been, I was on a break from therapy. But um, but when the Pisces came out, I just went back because I was like, I'm not enjoying like any of this process. Like mm. good things are happening and I feel like a piece of shit. So maybe it's time to get back in. So um, I'm back with, with Kathy, Santa Monica. Shout out Santa Monica, Kathy Conati on the west side. <laughs> um, I, dry, I schlep 30 minutes over there because she's great. She's worth it. Oh, she's worth it. And she takes your insurance. She does. She does. Great. Yeah. That's a dream. Finding that a therapist a you like who takes your insurance is like a unicorn. Oh, it's the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 takes it uh yeah. It takes some research. 
And it's like when you're, that's why I guess it's good to like find if you're looking for somebody new when you're not in a desperate state. Cause when you're yeah, in a desperate that's state, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like when I went with the CBT, I was like, yes, I will fork over my entire income because I was desperate and it was worth it. That's a really good point. You should yeah. find, try to find a therapist when it doesn't completely feel like you need it. It's yeah. a good idea. It's like not going yeah. to the supermarket when you're starving. Yeah. Yes. Can I ask you... Wait, um, I have one more oh, question sorry. about therapy because oh, go, go, go we get a lot of questions from people asking us for advice on finding a therapist. Mm. Mm-hmm. And as someone who did some serious therapy shopping, what advice would you give people in terms of what to look for, especially if they've never been in therapy before? Okay. Good question. Thanks. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, I think it takes, I mean, I've been in therapy for a very fucking long time. And, um, I mean, I saw one therapist in New York for seven years and I'm like so bad with like saying no and saying goodbye and boundaries that like literally, like I would talk, be talking to her about like disordered eating stuff and she'd be like, just have a hard boiled egg. Or like, I would be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Or I'd have like a massive, like I would get, I was getting hormonal acne and I, which is a whole other journey. But, um, and I was, I was like obsessing about these like large chin zits and like, I would talk to her about it in therapy. If, if it's about the zits themselves, I'm going to a dermatologist with her. I'm talking about why I feel like, okay, these like nice things are in my life, but then like the chin zits render them all null. And it's sort of right. Like that's what I was looking. She's like, you should try some calamine lotion. <laughs> I'm like, it's not about the zit. You oh, know what no. I mean? So I stayed with her for seven years though, because she was like, first of all, I liked, she let me lay down, which therapy, I mean, that was really cool. But also she was like this cute old lady who reminded me of Maud from Harold and Maud, which is my favorite movie. <laughs> and like, so I'm maybe like, so, you know, it took me a while to yeah. realize what, I, and then I think, but what it, I think it's like, if, um, if you feel as though it is improving your life in the present moment, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think it's good to talk about the past and like, it always comes back to my fucking mother. I mean, mm-hmm. it does, you know, like, and in, in psychodynamic, especially psychodynamic therapy, which is more the talk, um, where CBT is more the like in the present active homeworky stuff. But I think like if you find that it is, um, actually changing the way you, um, you approach your life or you are having, I don't feel like we're necessarily responsible for like our first thought. Like my first thought is always still going to be like shit. But if like we have a second thought that follows Mm -hmm. that and it's like, wait, you know, and it sort of reflects on it. It's like, maybe this is not true. This thing I've been telling myself for, you know, my entire life, maybe this is not true. I feel like that's a good sign. Yeah. And like, definitely like I would go to at least like three before you, before you decide on one, Mm -hmm. like give yourself that, you know, unless you're in like desperate situation, yeah. then it's like very hard to be like going to three. Right. Sure. Yeah. Here's was my question. Here's was my question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, Kate. Um, I just, I had read a review in the New York, in the New York Times of the Pisces where they mentioned that your persona and the main character's persona is full of shame for everything, but in, but it was in a kind of a complimentary way in which it was phrased. But I'm, I'm curious about your relationship with shame, um, both personally and also someone who writes about it, um, because it's such a human, it's such a part of who we all are, but then it also, it's shame is shameful. Like it's very hard for us to talk about or come to terms with. So I'm just curious about your personal relationship and how it's kind of worked its way into your writing. Mm. Well, I think like, 
you know, we were talking about chin zits, right? So I always find um, hormonal chin zits a great metaphor for like many things. Go on. Yes. <laughs> I just had one. Chin knee. So um, I, you know, if I have a massive chin zit and I walk into a group, I will announce the chin zit prior. Like I'll be like, or if, I, or if I'm meeting someone, I'm like, look at the zit. Mm. Um, they might not notice the zit, but I want to, I want to let them know before they see the zit, that I know it's there. It's, it's a control thing. Yeah. This is so relatable. <laughs> so this is how I feel about shame and, and why I may be seen as like confessional. I'm like, if I can like somehow name all this like painful, dark shit about myself, which I have a lot easier time doing on the page. Like the page I've given myself a lot of permission to do it, but like in waking life, like I said, like if I were about to have like a panic attack, like right now, I'd be, um, you know, I'd be like, fuck, they're going to think I'm crazy. Um, but you know, but to call, but to sort of name these things, it's a control thing, right? It's like, um, oh, I know that like, I already know this. I already know mm-hmm. this about myself. Yeah. I know this too. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. It's totally a defense mechanism and humor as well. Yeah. Right. Which you use, which you use as a writer a lot. Yeah. yeah, I do because it's, um, it's always been, I guess, like a way for me to feel safe talking about like some deeper shit because I think like my whole life, I've always had this instinct towards like, not like, like small talk, like not small. Listen, I do not consider talking about hormonal acne or Sephora or, um, signature fragrance or serum, small talk. That is like the real shit. Right. But like, you know, like just like at a party, like small, yeah. you know, when you're, I've always like, that's always, um, been a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, it, like, listen, if we're not talking about like, you know, like mental health or like sex or like, you know, death or like, um, why are we here? Like, it feels a little awkward to mm-hmm. me. Like, I'm just like, I mean, we're like here and we don't know. And that's kind of weird. So humor's always been kind of like a safe way for me to address that sort of discrepancy between feeling like, like, wait, does anyone else not feel like it's weird that we like exist? You know? Right, right, right. Like, I'm like, am I being gaslit? Like, I don't understand why no one is addressing this, you know? So it's been like a way for me to be like, to kind of like dip my toe and be like, by the way. And it is super weird that we exist. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe yeah. the maybe humanity is just the universe gaslighting us. Definitely. Oh, God. I mean... When I'm in my deepest anxiety, that's it, when it's like cosmic terror. Well, usually it's I'm feeling like there's a cosmic judge, you know? And it's like the cosmic judge is just like, you're bad. But I think I just also took like way too many psychedelics in my early 20s. <laughs> and so like still ne- comes back. Never got back. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Oh, Melissa, it's been so much fun to get to meet you and talk yeah. to you. Thanks. This was awesome. I mean, truly, this was so great. Um, let, can we just give a list of where listeners can find you and um, where they can grab your books? Sure. So basically um, everywhere. But. Yeah. So the books can be found, um, the Pisces, um, so sad today, last sex can be found on uh, the Zon. You can always go sure. on Amazon, of course, um, or your local independent bookstore. That's right. Support Shout them. out to your local independent bookstore. Um, and then you can find me online. Um, I guess Twitter is the best place at Melissa Broder or at so sad today. 
Um, I just accidentally, well, not accidentally. I like just joined Instagram a month and a half ago, which is a fucking disaster and nightmare, <laughs> but it's real Melissa Broder. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I like, so somebody was like, you have to like, why aren't you on here? And I was like, fine, you know, but like, who joins Instagram in 2018? I mean, you did it. Yeah. It, it's never too late. No, no. It's a, it's a bad situation right now on there. No. I can't wait to start following you. I, yeah, no, it's, it's disgusting. You today. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Okay. I'll follow you back. Um, and then the, the thing eating alone in my car, which yes. I don't know if it's a podcast. It's just something. It's, it's a, a show. It's a podcast. It's yeah. a yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This was really cool. And thank you, Haley, Melissa's yeah. sister. Shout out Haley Broder. <laughs> So Dory, we already kind of talked about my waking up early to read and how we it did. went, but how did your going to the gym go? You know, it went pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah. I went, I think three times between the last time we recorded. And then, um, I actually went uh, to the hotel gym in Vegas once, which I'm counting. Yeah. It should count. Um, and it was so funny too, because at the gym I joined, you know, they, they set you up with a personal trainer to do like a fitness assessment. And <laughs> I feel like most people go into that and they're like, I want to, you know, I want to be able to lift a hundred pounds or like they have set all these, a big goal. They set a big goal or they, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds or whatever they want to do. And I was like, you know, I just, I just really want to come into the gym and just, you know, do some stuff. I just, I just really use working out now for my mental health. I'm feeling pretty good about my body these days. I feel like I eat pretty well and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do an embryo transfer soon. So probably not going to be able to work out that much. So I'm just really, I just really joined the gym. So I have somewhere to go to like be on a treadmill. <laughs> And was the trainer like, okay, he was, he was like, okay. Like, I mean, he was very supportive, but sure. it was also sort of like, I have nothing for you. <laughs> um, no, he didn't, he didn't say that, but, but I didn't really have these. I feel like every time I've used a personal trainer in the past, it's been because like I'm recovering from an injury and need to rehabilitate or I'm training for something or I'm like, it's my wedding and I want to get in shape. And, and now I was just like, no, I, you know, I'm just, just really think working out, but I don't, I don't need to go too hard. Yeah, or, you're just here to calm your brain. <laughs> just here to calm my brain. Um, so yeah, so, um, it's been good. And after my transfer yesterday, I, I was like, so I can walk on a treadmill, right? And they were like, yes. And I said, can I swim? And they said, yes. Oh, good. Um, so I will be, I think I'll be doing that. They just said, you know, no yoga or like anything, n nothing twisty, nothing too strenuous. Um, so that's where I'm at. Oh, I love that. Great work. Dory. Thank you. What is your intention for this week? Well, to quote what I've written down, get my fucking sleep and anxiety under control while Anthony is out of town. Here's the deal. When my spouse is not home, I don't sleep. And he's going to be traveling a ton for work this year. And I really need to like get an action plan together. So I'm not a crazy tired monster. Yeah. Um, I'm a better person when I get some sleep. So I'm working, like I said last night, I, I drew a bath. I didn't put a podcast on. I put calming music on, even though I wanted to listen to a podcast so badly. 
I also wanted to watch an episode of Handmaid's Tale. No. Even. No, I knew. I knew. I was Kate, like, I can't. Yes, Dory. I think I need. I'm sorry to Don't do this. Don't make this an intervention about Handmaid's Tale, Dory. I think I need to forbid you from watching it before you go to sleep. Okay. That's an intervention I can handle. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Which is why like two weeks ago, I watched six episodes at like during the middle of the day. That is fine. Because I think then you have the rest of the day to kind of work through your have it work through your system. You are 100% right. There was I watched one the other night that ended on like a positive note. And I was like, well, I got off easy there. Because if it had ended off on a really intense note, like it normally does, I would be just doomed. I'd be up all night. I'd be having nightmares or yeah. I would be watching more because it's so addictive. I'm obsessed right. with Handmaid's Tale. But anyway, anyway, so, I, I also think it's really great that you are kind of trying to get out ahead of this. I just know that I know I need to put some things. I also like bought a really insane, not insane. I'm sorry. That's not a great word choice. I bought a really intense um, alarm system. Because it makes me feel safer. Now, is it a placebo? Is it really going to protect me? I don't know. But having like window smashing sensors made me feel a little bit better. Great. Just as the only adult in the house um, while my partner's out of town. So I did some of that stuff. But it did really help. The thing is, there I'm doing some things that like I don't want to be doing, but I keep making myself do because they feel better, like drinking lemon water before I have coffee. Yeah. I want the coffee. But the lemon water first makes me feel really hydrated. Mm. So I keep doing it even though every morning I'm like, I just want to skip the lemon water and get to the coffee. Like last night I just wanted the podcast, but I put on calming piano music and it right. really made a difference. And the bath felt good. The bath does feel good. Also a shower at night felt calming mm. if I can't you know, fill a bathtub. So I'm working on it. How about you, Dory? Well, wait, before we get to me. Oh, wait. What? I am so sorry to say, uh, I'm getting distracted by your arms. Oh, oh, you shut up. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> really? They look amazing. Because I'm getting ripped? Yes. Oh my God. It's happening. It's look happening. Like, you are getting some real shoulder definition. I am? Yes. Yes, you sure are, Kate oh, Spencer. Starting to over oh, hyperventilate. Wow. So, thank you so much. Just wanted to put that out I, there. I had to do a bunch of like push-up-y things yesterday. And, and it shows. And some kettlebell swings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then I took a salt bath to kind of work on my sore muscles. Listen, just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. I do really want to be able to do things like push-ups. Yeah. I, again, my ultimate goal is one pull-up or a chin-up, whichever one is easier. Yeah. I, yeah, when I was in really, when I was in like the best shape of my life, that was my goal. And did you accomplish I it? I did. Okay. I'm working on it. 40, <laughs> here I come. Yep. Here you come. Um, so my intention this week, my parents are coming to town on Thursday. Always a fun, relaxed which, experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I am excited about. Totally. I mean, honestly, it's so yes. much fun if you have a good relationship. And with yeah, family. I'm grateful that I have two parents, that I have a good relationship with my parents, um, that they want to come visit, that I want them to come visit. Like, I'm very happy That's for all awesome. of those things. Um, but, you know, I think my, my, my tendency, I think when they're here is I feel, I feel so overwhelmed by feeling like I have to please everyone. Like I have to please my parents. Like I have to please Matt. I have to, you know, I, I feel so kind of like anxious about everything. And so I think my tendency is to kind of like over plan. Um, and so I'm trying to simultaneously plan some stuff because I, I don't want you know, so when Matt's parents come, he plans nothing. Okay. 
I mean, they've come once, but <laughs> um, it's just like a lot of sitting around. And I, I think, you know, we, we want to have time for some sitting around, but I think also I don't want them. I don't want it to be like completely boring. So I have planned some stuff. Okay. Um, but I'm, I, my intention is to just not to just like people will be fine. People will have fun. They're just glad to be here. They're glad to see They're you They're glad guys. to see yeah. us. Like, I, I just have to kind of like remind myself of that. I hope you have a great time with them. Thank you. You're, I mean, you're welcome. Thanks. Um, well, I think that just about does it for today. I'm just going to remind everyone that we have a voicemail okay. number. It is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Please hit us up on the... Zap us. Um, zap us on the gram. <laughs> zap us on the gram. Zap us some reviews on the Apple pod. Yeah. Um, our gram is Forever 35 podcast. Yeah. Zap, by the way. Zap it on. Zap babies. us there. And our Twitter is Forever 35 pod. Um, and our Facebook group is, it, it, you know, I, I keep thinking like one day the Facebook group is just going to like wither and die. People are going to be like, ah, I'm bored and not going to contribute. And that has not happened. It's popping. It is popping constantly. So get in there if you are not. Password serums. Password is serums. And uh, <sighs> any products mentioned are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. Yes. Well, Dory. Yes, Kate. It's the time of day where I try not to say the word produced. Okay, let's let's go for it. Okay, here we go. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. I did it. You sure did. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.